Welcome to Retro Reco. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. And in this episode, uh, this podcast, we talk about, oh, we recommend movies to each other. And this week, it's Shane's pick. Yeah, so I went with a movie I hadn't seen for a very long time. Uh, the 1979 film, The Jerk. Uh, this is Steve Martin's first starring role in a movie. Um, and it is uh, directed by Carl Reiner and also stars Bernadette Peters. Yeah, Bernadette uh, Peters, who I always and forever, especially in this era, get confused with Madeline Kahn. They had the similar comedic chops. Yeah, that's for sure. Similar comedic chops, similar looks, um, both incredibly talented, both incredibly funny. But yeah, I, I always forget, like, wait, which one was in Young Frankenstein? Which one's in The Jerk? You know, um, which one mostly was just doing Broadway? Well, that was both of them. That was both of them, but Bernadette Peters is yeah. very well known for Broadway. Uh, and then if you haven't watched it yet, you can stop and watch this on Peacock. Yeah, a rare, a rare, a rare, uh, a rare choice on Peacock, uh, for once. Uh, I, it's really fun to me. Uh, so, so I hadn't seen this, but I've, I've always been a pretty big fan of Steve Martin. And I, I, ironically enough, like the, the latter, the latter half of Steve Martin's, uh, uh, filmography. Uh, from like Father of the Bride on um, is mm -hmm. what I'm more familiar with just because of my age. And so like when I've always seen career like retrospectives and highlights from him, I always I see clips from this movie, but I've never seen this film itself. So it was actually really fun to go back and see it's like, oh, that's where this is from. OK, cool. Uh, yeah, and then uh, a lot of there there was a lot of bits in this film that was actually uh, adapted from Steve Martin's actual stand up. Yep. Um, so if you had not if you had seen uh, videos of like his old stand up routines and not this, you might have also seen some of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> coincidentally. Yeah, yeah, it's just little little stuff like I swear I swear every Steve Martin highlight reel has as always he's done the the shot of him uh, using the dog to cover himself um, as he's walking out after Bernadette Pe Peters character, um, which you don't know that when you just see that clip in and of itself, but you know, using the one, the one dog to cover her, his privates and the one, one dog to cover his butt, you know, it's super funny. Uh, so I had originally seen this movie back when I was a teenager. I want to say like 14, 15. And I don't think that I have seen it since then until now. I will say I appreciate it now, but I enjoyed it more as a teenager. Oh, yeah, I, I can see that. Like, I, I think I'm more almost a little giddy because I'm just like, oh, yeah, hey, this is where all of this stuff came from. That's that's really interesting. And if you go back and put your your mindset into that time and place, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this is a 1979 comedy. Like yes. a lot of these jokes 
were fairly fresh then and have gotten a little cliche, but this is where the cliches came from. You know, oh, 100%. There, uh, there's also things in here that you're just like, ooh, that does not stand up in today's time anymore. Um, and then there's, uh, which, I mean, you're always going to get an old movie, so I think we've yeah. talked about it in almost everything that we've watched so far. Um, and then, uh, and then as you said, that there's, like, bits uh, that, that, like, I'm sure people have seen, like, you know, the walking out and grabbing a couple extra things. Yeah. Or you know, d- doing one more thing before you walk out, kind of kind of thing was is is definitely a bit that you've seen everywhere else before. But I would say I would argue done best in this movie because it's one of my legit laugh out loud moments of of him like I don't need you, I don't need anything except for this paddle ball and this ashtray. That's all I need, and this chair and this paddle ball and it's like it's just it you laugh as it goes and he keeps adding and it, and it's very very fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I very much enjoyed some of the little bits, and like I said, I've, I've seen the scene with, uh, you know, uh, M, M, Emmett Walsh, uh, shooting at him and trying to kill him just because his name was in the phone book, uh, which I also love the fact that he's so proud of that. He's like, my name's in the phone book. So many people see this, and then immediately it's like, oh, this is almost, you know, if if we were in an intellectual podcast, we'd say, oh, is he, is this going to be a commentary on the price of fame? It's like, no, it's just a random happenstance. Yep. He's a somebody now, and that makes him a nobody that needs to be killed. Yeah. Um, I That was also one of my, actually, it might have been my first big laugh out loud moment of the movie, which probably about half an hour in, because I was... I checked the time was when he looked, he went, he really hates cans. And I'm just like, that's such a good joke. It's, it's just such so a, dumb. it's such I a dumb it. joke, but it works so well yep. because it's like, that is so dumb. And then, then he just keeps finding cans, you know, because it's a, it's a gas station. So yeah, like, like you get your oil changed and there's oil cans everywhere and oh he just keeps shooting at these cans yep and then finally you know his boss you know tells him it's like no he's not shooting at these cans he's shooting at you um but yeah there there were some so many ridiculous bits like even going with the gas station and this was kind of a scene that I was a little worried, uh, but it didn't. It wasn't as offensive as I thought it was going to be. When the the Cadillac pulls up, when he's alone at the gas station, and the guys, you know, subtly rob him <laughs> um, because yeah. he's like, "Oh, I'm alone here for the first time ever." It was still pretty offensive. It was still pretty offensive, but I was like. All right, they didn't kick it into the next gear that it's like blatantly offensive, um, but it's just stereotypical right now. Yes. Um, yeah. Lots which, of stereotypes happening in this movie. Yes, lots of stereotypes happening. Um, and yeah, just, oh, and him just trying to act so, and it's it it's one of those things where it works because it's Steve Martin of 
being a complete moron, but being incredibly confident about it. Like yep. as he's going back and forth, you know, with um, at first I thought he was calling the police because that would be, you know, the smart thing to do. But it was calling his boss and saying, oh, hey, these guys are trying to rob us. And but don't worry, I'm going to hold them off. I've got ideas. <laughs> and then he. Uh, no, he was calling the police because he even gives his address. OK, OK, it was the police. But they just, yep, didn't, yep, they he... just didn't show up in time. Yeah. They Yeah, they just didn't. Because, yeah. He's like, I'm going to hold him off till you get here. And, and he says the address of the, where he's at at one point. Um. <laughs> and then tells them and then tries to uh, hold, put the tow rope on and ropes it to the uh, the sprinkler, the faucet on the mini church that is next door. And then when they take off, they take the church with him. That well, also made me laugh. well, well, there's a wedding going on, which is pretty funny. That one gave me a chuckle. Yeah, well, that just, one wasn't a laugh out loud, but it was a chuckle. Yeah, it's just it, there were a lot of just fun chuckle moments in the in this movie. Like that's that's a good way to describe it. Um, and then Bernadette Peters's little bratty uh, child she's looking after her, um, who steals the train at the at the carnival you know a lot it was a lot of fun little beats yep and uh steve martin's first girlfriend there that is pretty much just you could have been any of my exes yeah um i was gonna make that joke but then you made the joke for me so i'm glad you did yep yep um, recognized it right away and i was like <laughs> i've dated this person <laughs> Yes, I, like, yes, I know that they're have. trying to make make her into like a caricature and like bigger than life, but nope, this is like an exact person I've dated. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, she wasn't super jealous for no reason, but then again, he gets he gets out of it pretty quickly and pretty fairly, you know. Well, after she I, beats him up. Well, I mean, he gets out of it because the woman he went on a cheat date with knocks her out and then they just never go back that's to it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um and then I I love the stupid uh <laughs> uh I I love the fact that Carl Reiner worked himself into this movie as himself. Yeah. Uh <laughs> because you know, that was just super dumb and uh, as a person, you know, thanks to your day job, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't happen, right? The no, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't sit there and stare at it and become cross-eyed. No, yeah, I can, I can promise you that. Yeah, like that was that was one of the things that was like, okay, I like the fact that Carl Reiner's in this movie because I love him as an actor and I love him even more as a writer. Um. But it's like, wow, this character is so over the top and so stupid. Um, and it's also very interesting that, that it's such a quick downfall at the very end of the film with the, yes. the lawsuit. And it's like, all right, we build it up, build it up. OK. And OK, we got to finish this movie. We got 90 minutes. That's it. Yeah, it's a comedy from the the seventies, early eighties. It's a ninety minute movie. Yeah, 
which was like, great. Um, like I, I enjoyed it a lot, but, uh, yeah, I, I also do. <laughs> I like the fact that in the, in the trivia, who I uh, definitely not a person who I was expecting to be an admirer of this film, but apparently Stanley Kubrick would actually recite lines from this movie at like parties and on set, you know, and it's like, that just, Oh, really? <laughs> like, and I'm just thinking, you know, when he wasn't tormenting, uh, Shelley Duvall, you know, during The Shining, he's just quoting the jerk? What? That's kind of funny and honestly sounds fairly on brand. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess just, just from the fact that he is an off-the-wall personality in general, that the jerk would be his kind of comedy if you were to like a comedy. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I wouldn't by any means say that this is an understated comedy. Um, no, you know, but it but it's also not quite as broad as some other stuff that I've seen from the seventies. Like he he's a caricature for sure, but I've seen bigger and more bombastic performances, you know, in in other films like. You know, you even take this character and compare it even a few years later to, I don't know, any character from any of the Police Academy movies, and this is a more realistic character. Um, I mean, definitely not not extreme. I laughed so hard. I laughed a lot at the scene where he writes the letter to his parents saying that he found uh, his special purpose. Um, yeah. they're reading it out loud. I, for some reason, that scene just just off the wall, um, great to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then and then to be capped off at the end where he says, and and she's gonna get me work. She's gonna get me something called a blowjob. And I was just like, oh Jesus. Yeah, it's like, oh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Uh, wasn't expecting because it's a PG movie, isn't it? No, it's rated R. Oh, it's rated R. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I also enjoy that in the actual credits for the movie, uh, the the scene with the cat juggler. Yeah. Um, in the credits for the movie, it is uh, it is said that Pig Eye Jackson is the performer for the cat juggler. That that is the actor playing the cat juggler. Yes. Okay. Uh, not not Steve Martin. Not Steve Martin himself. Definitely not Steve Martin. Um. I, I did one of the few notes that I did take is like I'm sure Kane I'm sure Shane would have loved the uh, cat juggling, um. yeah, yeah. It's just, it's also just so ridiculous, and I and that's that's what I I liked about it is the fact that it's just such a dumb little bit. Um, and, and yeah, like, like you said, it, it's just so, so weird and so like eccentric in, in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, yeah. they, oh, yep, they did ahead. cut some more eccentric trees, uh, from the movie. Yeah, uh, I they cut Bill Murray was supposed to be in this movie. Yep. Yep. He was playing a flamboyantly gay decorator who designs the mansion. 
Oh, I'm pretty glad that they uh, yeah. they cut that then. I feel like that would not have uh, uh for for a movie that had a few things that didn't live up, but were like just you know faint enough that it wasn't super super rough. I mean, C. Martin does say the N word at one point. That's rough. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, uh, that one would have been just blatantly out there of like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of just like, oh, that's not. Like, yeah, especially, like, I I I really like Bill Murray, but pr- kind of pretty similar to, to Steve Martin just because of my age, you know. I know Bill Murray from, you know, mostly from Groundhog's Day forward. Erd, and, you know, obviously I've gone back and watched, you know, the Ghostbusters, Caddyshack. But it's like, this would be more Caddyshack era early snl bill murray and it's like i don't know if he would have had the tact you know because even even like a few years later you know the the martin short character in the father of the bride movies is very stereotypically gay and almost like it would have been more on that line of like, okay, this is very stereotype, but maybe not for most people to the line of being offensive. Whereas I think the Bill Murray one might've crossed that line. I was going to say that you mean the, the, the Martin short one was, I I was, yeah, the the Martin short were like that, that portrayal of like, all right, this is very stereotypical. And like I said, right on the line, where you know that is your personal, well, you know how how you feel about it. That you know if it offends you because it's so stereotypical or not. Whereas, yeah, I I feel like Bill Murray would have maybe crossed that line uh, a little. I, too I much. agree with that. Um, I also think that uh, a difference is in that in that uh, um, the Martin Short one. Uh, yes, he was uh, a caricature uh, yes. of a of a gay person, really. But it it lessens the more you see uh, Martin Short in real life and how effeminate he actually yes. ha- ha- he is in his in his mannerisms and things like that. So it's almost just like he didn't play it up that much, honestly. Yeah. Um. Uh. So like that, you know, so the lines did some of the heavy lifting for uh, for him when when the the actions might have stayed the same if as a different type of character. Yes. Um. So so that also makes that one a little bit lesser too. Um. I did just read something saying that not only did Stanley Kubrick uh quote this movie a lot, he actually spoke to Steve Martin after seeing this to try to uh, get him to start a film. Oh, um, I wonder what film that would have been. It would be a, uh, glad you ask. It would have been a sex comedy film version of a novella called uh, Trom Novel, which is a story about a doctor dealing with his wife, confessing to having sexual fantasies about another man. Uh, then that movie got shifted and later became Eyes Wide Shut. I, I was, I was going to say, it was like, this feels like a precursor to, and kind of in the same tone as, as Eyes Wide Shut. So. Yep. They essentially shifted away from the, the comedy part of it and went full on drama and became Eyes Wide Shut, uh, which was a terrible movie. I would yeah. Like to say. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like, I, I, I love Stanley Kubrick as a director, uh, but 
Yeah, that is probably my least favorite of his films. So of the of the ones that I've seen. Uh yeah, that wouldn't have been good. Um, no. Well, maybe it would have been better if it was the 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 comedy version of it. Yeah, that's Steve true. Martin. And and especially in this era as well, you know, Steve Martin, you know, like I wouldn't say quite at the peak of his no, probably at the peak of his like drawing power really would have been mm-hmm. in like these next, you know, this next decade really like he he was a late 70s early to mid 80s, you know, huge star. You know, between between all the stand up and and everything. So uh, so question for you. Yes. Did you recognize the person who drove Steve Martin to the end of the fence? I did not. No. Who was it? Uh, it was Rob Reiner. Oh, it was Rob Reiner? Okay. Yep. It was Rob Reiner. He did a he did a quick cameo in it. Um uh yeah, and he and he drove him to the end of the fence. Awesome. Um, um yeah, no, I I didn't yeah, I guess I just wasn't fully paying attention or or something cuz yeah, like I uh cuz one of I my mean, he was of, a lot younger. Oh yeah, but like I've seen I've seen, you know, All in the Family and and stuff like that which which is this era or shortly after if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, um, it would have been right around. So like I've I've seen him in this era, but yeah, I just for some reason it I just blanked and and didn't notice that. But that's cool because yeah, I was I was I was at first going to ask you who you thought the better director was between Rob Reiner and Carl Reiner, but I feel like that's an as much as I liked this movie, I feel like that's an obvious answer. I mean, I love uh Princess Bride. Yeah. So well, I mean, yeah, uh, would... I mean, between Princess Bride, This Is Spinal Tap, A Few Good Men, When Harry Met Sally, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I... did Carl do a lot of other directing? Uh, not a ton. Uh, actually, just, I'm looking just, at his... Yeah, he he actually, in this era, he did a bunch of Steve Martin comedies. Because um, he, did, he did this, he then followed it up with uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, uh, which is a movie I have not seen which is weird because it's everything I love. Like it's, you know, uh, a Carl Reiner script starring Steve Martin. That's a parody of a of film noir. You know. Yeah, that that sounds like exactly your skis. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh yeah no I definitely would have loved that, uh, but yeah for some reason I just it's it's kind of been one of those blind spot of like oh wow how have i not uh have i not watched this um but yeah he he hasn't directed a ton um okay and then and then some stuff is like you know summer school and i was just about to say i love summer school (laughs) i haven't I haven't seen it since probably the mid '90s, and I think I oh, saw a TV either, cut. You know, I I had it on VHS and watched it a lot as when I was younger. Um, I'm gonna do a a quick thing here. I'm going to name 
the movie movies by Carl Reiner that I enjoy. Okay. Um, just looking at this. Uh, oh God. Um, the Jerk, The Man with Two Brains, Summer School. I think that would be it. So that was five. Yeah, five, and he has he has twenty one credits, but mo- most of those are uh, a good good portion of of those are t- uh, TV shows because obviously he was basically the showrunner for the Dick Van Dyke Show and and stuff like that, and then obviously worked on a ton of other things. Now Rob Reiner has twenty eight credits. Yeah, and then I've got this is Spinal Tap, uh, Stand by Me, Princess Bride, uh, Harry Met Sally. Eh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Misery's fine. I like a few Good Men. Yeah, uh, The American President, uh, and that was about the end of his. Of his yeah, good that's movies. that's like the the yeah he he very much peaked you know, in the, that late eighties, early nineties kind of era, um, which I, I, you realize like there, there are, you know, there's, there are not that many, you know, it's obviously, um, you know, there's not many Steven Spielbergs out there where, you know, you can have and have a prolific career from the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, into the 2000s making quality work. Like there's so many directors that have this like five to 10 year gap of like, wow, they did amazing work in this time period and then kept working and, you know, and kept churning out content for sure. But like nothing ever moves and, and, and peaks to that level and i mean it's the same with with bands i i just uh i discovered a a podcast called song versus song and they said like the basically every decade has that one band that keeps sticking around you know for the next foreseeable decades and keeps putting out out stuff and it was like 70s you had you know, Aerosmith, where they'd be pretty, you know, influential still in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the 80s, you've got Bon Jovi. I mean, there's more than just there's, the there, one. There's more than just the one, but it's very yeah. rare. You know, in the 80s, you've got, like, Bon Jovi, you know, who were pretty credible in the, the 80s, and 80s the 90s. 90s and early 2000s even with I guess all my life came out yeah all my yeah. life would be like t- early 2000s and then they 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 said like the 90s one was green day where yeah like, green, green day green day has, i would argue foo fighters is also up yeah, there and foo fighters and even blink 182 Mm-hmm. You know, they they keep Blink is a little bit lesser though because they took long breaks because yes. they couldn't stay together as a band. Yeah, compared to the like Green Day and and Foo Fighters could. Yeah, but it it's very similar that way. I realize with with directors of like, you know, like like we said, we have you know Carl Reiner who di- who you know continues to direct things, but it's like you see you know very much you know he has the the peak of 
this movie, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, Oh God, uh, you know, Man with Two Brains, Brains. Summer Rental, Summer School, and then he kind of trails off. You yeah. know, I didn't really see sibling rivalry. I didn't see fate, Fatal Instinct. Um, you know, and then and then in his case too, you have the the young Carl Reiner as an actor. <laughs> You know, in the sketch comedy shows and in, you know, um, Dick Van Dyke and, and all that stuff. But then you get, you know, later Carl Reiner in the Oceans movies. Yes. You know. Which was my first introduction to, well, I mean, I, I saw this movie, but like I wasn't going to recognize him from this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's, you know, when I saw him in this movie, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's who Carl Reiner is. Yep. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, and then, funny enough, I think Steve Martin is kind of one of those guys that sticks around. It, he is one of those, you know, he has, you know, big hits in the in the late seventies. He has, you know, a bigger hit, you know, in the eighties, and stays pretty influential in the eighties. Then he transitions into that father of the bride, aid era. I would say that he stuck around pretty well up to the early 2000s. Even recently. Only, uh, well, I would say four know. movies. Yeah. For, early for, 2000s for movies, was, I think, yeah. I think the end of his, you know, big run with Cheaper by the Dozen. Yep. Yeah, um, being kind of one of his dozen. last. And, and Pink Panther. Uh, yep. Being like his last couple, like, actual, like, people went and saw them. But, you know, the, they were kids. Uh, he just changed himself to adapt to what, what he, he was, you know, could do at the time anymore. Yep. Yeah, um, and but then, no, I. Yeah, and then only and murders then, in the building is great, though. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then only murders in the building, which is amazing. Um, so, um, so yeah, what are your uh, kind of final thoughts on on the movie? Um, you have to go into it watching it for um, what it's done for comedy movies. Uh, going, you know, there's going to be some problematic things here, but you can tell that it's not done out of. Out of spite, um, there's a reason why caricatures are used in certain certain places. But uh, you know, there there's some there's some uh, some cringe moments, but they're not they're not as cringy as you would expect from a movie from the 70s. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would. There's I would there's a couple that are that. super cringy, but there's but they're not there. It's still not quite as cringy as I as I would have expected. Um, I mean, honestly, there's there's some worse cringe moments in uh, Blazing Saddles, I think even. Um, yes, I, I would agree with that for sure. Um, uh, so, so it's it's a uh, you have to when watching it, you you're watching it to appreciate where this comedy came from. Um, you're likely not going to enjoy it like people would back then, but if you can enjoy the source material, then I think you would enjoy it a lot. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I I very much agree. Like like as as a fan of Steve Martin, uh, you know. I, I I enjoy seeing kind of so much where all all of this stuff had come from, um, and and actually seeing context to you know like I said these clips and these you know not that there's you know a ton of context to like the scene with the cans like you know it's yeah. it's literally the context is hey this random guy just started shooting at him 
Um, There's not a lot of context to a lot of these things. Yeah. <laughs> well, but at least like the the one of you can infer a lot with the the scene of of like the dogs, like you know, covering himself yeah. with the dog, and it's like okay, cl- so clearly he's going out. You know, somebody broke up with him or something, and he's chasing after them. It's like yeah, I didn't know he came out of a bubble bath, but. <laughs> You know, that you can kind of infer one, kind of some of that stuff. Yes. Um, but I am now looking up some stuff because I'm going to give you some options. Ooh, options. I didn't give that to you. I, I, I straight up chose this one because I thought that this would be kind of in your wheelhouse of like you like the older mo- movies. You like seeing where... Yeah. where things start so that's why i didn't really give you options on this one i just kind of jumped into it and also because you've seen everything that i've seen so yeah. finding one that you haven't is a little bit more difficult yes uh, that's for sure and uh so this one we may or may not and i'm gonna leave options for me to edit this out in case i uh accidentally pick something you've seen uh, because as we uh, as we said, uh, this uh, we are we are for May. Uh, we are going to uh, do a back and forth uh, two episodes of uh, of TV shows yes. um, for for pilot season, and we decided to do two because it's about the same length as a regular full length movie. I, I um, will say it'll probably be two if they're hour long shows, or three to four if they're half hour, and we'll decide as we. Once the recommendation, yes, Does that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Um, okay, and so I am. I I think I I want to review because it's it's a show that the new season should be coming out fairly soon, and I I very much enjoyed the previous seasons, uh, and that is Peaky Blinders. Oh, okay. That's a show that I've always wanted to watch and I never have. So that, I'm super down for that. That's kind of what I was like. I couldn't remember because I know that's, I've uh, watched Killian Murphy. all of it. Yep, Killian Murphy and Killian Murphy. a ton of other people. Tom Hardy? Uh, oh, my God. If we could only get to Tom Hardy shows up in season two. Okay. And I, I might end up getting to him later on. Just, yeah. Just, uh, I, uh, it hits me the way I think it might do. But, I always confuse that one with Penny Dreadful as well. Um, but that's only because of the the, the name cadence. The na- yeah, the name with cadence. The... Yep. Um, but yeah, Peaky Blinders is uh, right after World War One, Birmingham, England. Uh, it is uh, Killian Murphy is the head of a a local uh, crime organization, and yeah, he uh, he bets on horse races to, and that is where I will leave it. Um, a fantastic and- cast. And they try to redo it starring Dustin Hoffman and then they killed so many horses. You know about that show, right? No. What show are there's you a, talking there, about? There's a show called that was called Luck that was only on for like four or five episodes on HBO. And they stopped filming it because they had people uh, really mad at them because like four horses died on set. Oh, God. And it was about horse racing. Uh, yeah, no. Um, This is... <laughs> This is about horse racing about as much as Ted Lasso is about soccer. Got it. It's just sort of there, but it's, it's not. Yeah. Like even less so. Like he rides a horse in the opening scene 
and then I don't think, and then I don't think we see a horse until like season four. Well, I mean, you know? I'm no longer interested. So, um, but yeah, that that's my pick, and yeah, we'll do that. That's an hour long, so we'll do two of those. Um, cool. All right. So down good. for that. All right. Um, so until then, uh, follow me and follow the podcast and everything at Knocked Out Films. Uh, Shane, do you want to plug anything? No. All right. Be good to each other. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And then I'll put. Be good to each other.